is the co-host of the Club Top Shot podcast. We welcome Peter Overset onto Hoopsology. How's it going, Peter? Doing good, man. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I love talking uh, about Top Shot, so uh, happy to uh, bring Top Shot to the Hoopsology, uh, depending on how much you guys have uh, already driven uh, into these streets. Um, I've been delved into it a little bit, um, bought my first pack a couple of days ago. Um, I get the pre-order pack, so I'm waiting for it to be delivered. I think April 7th is the date. Um, and I wanted to talk to you just about the late-breaking news with uh, Michael Jordan, Kevin Durant, and Clay Thompson investing into Dapper Labs. Um, and what does that mean for a top shot overall, especially Michael Jordan? It seems like he's the golden goose um, if he ever gets a, a um, digital collectible created. So with him investing money, do you, do you see that being a reality where we might see a Michael Jordan top shot be created? Yeah, I think, you know, we don't have any firm confirmation that that's going to happen. But I mean, just the logical extension of him being an investor is that they're going to find a way to get the royalties and all of that worked out because they have their license with the NBA through the NBA Players Association. They're working out how those guys get paid accordingly, how the NBA gets paid. So I'm pretty confident that they are going to make this work with Michael Jordan. And I don't know the exact timeline, but I uh, I would bet good money that we get Michael Jordan top shot moments uh, at some point. Do you see just the demands to being insane for that? Um, how do you think it's going to really, is this going to change fundamentally top shot? I mean, Michael Jordan is, is the biggest icon in basketball. Um, what do you think the impact will be if that collectible does happen to come out? Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of the really interesting things of the Top Shot platform because a lot of the value and the investment thesis for people is driven around scarcity, right? Like we know there's only going to be X amount of LaMelo Ball's rookie debut moment. We know there's only 4,000 of those. However, we also know the site can come out with new series. They come out with an all-star series. They come out with an MVP series or run it back. And so I think the tricky thing is now for people who say invested in a very rare LeBron, it's like, well, what happens when the the rare Jordans come along? Is that now going to be the top of the mountain on Top Shot that everyone wants? And they've also talked about doing some other even really smaller run of moments called Platinum, where I believe it would just be three moments, maybe even some one of ones down the future that are auctioned off. Does that become the gold standard? So I think that is the one thing of like, yes, we can assume what is valuable right now, but because there's going to be more moments, more series, you are having to predict kind of what the casual fan, what the investor, where they're going to ultimately, you know, think has the most value. And with Top Shot, this is something that, again, I just, I heard about a month ago and ever since just hearing about it, I've been seeing it in national press this morning. Talk shows are talking about it, but I've heard different people say that it's like kind of blowing up and I strongly disagree. I just, they feel like it's kind of in the beginning stages to so just in the beta. Um, and you recently had Jai Rule on, on your podcast and he was discussing um, this you know, it's kind of the wild, wild west. There's no regulatory system um, with Top Shot now. So once this blows blows up and gets really popular, not only just in the United States, but internationally, do you foresee any problems? Are, are you concerned about like if we get like the, most of, you know, NBA Twitter and just like casual fans being involved, how it's going to affect the Top Shot community? Yeah, it's interesting because. It, right now is an interesting time because the market is is down to what it was. It, you know, it hit all time highs probably about a month ago. Now we saw this kind of frenzy, this euphoria, 
prices have really started to plummet. And yet while this is happening, there's all of these things behind the scenes. Like you mentioned, all of those investors, they're continuing to scale up their team. You know, there's a lot of signals that are still incredibly bullish. I mean, they haven't even turned on the marketing yet. You know, all the marketing, when I do club top shot shows or, you know, all these podcasts, that's just people doing it because they enjoy it and are having fun. Like once they start throwing around some of this money and getting in front of, I mean, the, the NBA fan base is a billion plus fans worldwide. Like, there is such um, uh, an untapped market here. So, yeah, I think there is still so um, so many places that they can go and it can go so much higher. But on the flip side, you're seeing them deal with some kind of interesting market dynamics where you do have people that are in there because they just heard, hey, we're all making money. Who, would, who wouldn't want to do that? And yet that's not going to be the reality of it long term. They're trying to build a sustainable collectibles platform where people can engage and have fun with it without the assumption I'm going to get rich because right now these packs are extremely valuable down the road. They want to have packs twice a week. They're talking about Mondays and Thursdays at some point, the expected value of those packs is more going to be in line with the pack price. And so there, I think big riddle is how do we support the long-term investors? How do we, you know, create these scarce, memorable assets? And on the other hand, how do we keep the casual fans engaged with games, with utility? If you have a certain moment, you get to go somewhere in an NBA stadium. So I think they have um, the framework to really succeed. And now it's just putting all those puzzle pieces together in a, in a smart way. What was your experience with um, NBA Top Shot? When did you first hear, heard about it? Because um, I've talked to other people and like they're involved with the ground floor in terms of packs for like a dollar. It was just really easy to get. No one really was caring about it. And all of a sudden it just it gained tons of momentum. So when did it first appear on your radar? Yeah, it um it appeared on my radar when uh, Jonathan Bales, he is a DFS uh, guy. He uh, started the company Fantasy Labs. He has a newsletter, very sharp guy. Um, he was very big into the crypto boom earlier. And uh, people in our community trust him. You know, when he's in on something, he, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes with his investments and his mm-hmm. stuff. So he wrote an article about buying a job Morant dunk on top shot and i had never even heard of it like i had heard of crypto kitties which was the uh collectibles that dapper labs had that predated that but and it was always a punchline it's like oh there's these silly cats they're breeding and you can own them um and he was into those crypto kitties back when so he was kind of positioned to see this opportunity dovin wrote this article that made so much logical sense and i think a lot of people with their nft kind of trajectory they they first look at it and they're like, this is so dumb. They say, why, why would I buy a video clip I can watch online? And then it clicks, yeah. you know, the, the way we hold or collect anything, it's just online and that's not too big of a leap. So once that clicked for me, I was like, I'm just going to dive in and I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't even know the NBA that well. I still don't. I'm learning a lot basically mm-hmm. because of Top Shot. And I just had fun playing almost the game within the game. It's like, I don't have to know the X's and O's or know the rotations. I can go in here and be like, this is a rare set. This is a cool moment. Oh, this is Vince Carter's last three-point shot and it was on the night the NBA shut down because of COVID, that's a cool moment. So that's how I kind of uh, dove in and and yeah, now I'm obsessed. 
That's funny. I went through the same speculation. I thought, oh, this is ridiculous. Uh, I can just go on YouTube and find these clips. And then, like you said, it is clicked in my mind just about any form of collectible. Like you can assign value to it. And not to mention, you get cool highlights in it. It's a collection of highlights. Um, one thing um, I was talking to a previous guest about was um, Dapper Lab getting involved with the UFC. And because the UFC is pay per view, those highlights are not readily available compared to. Um, the NBA. So I just want to get your opinion on, you know, other sports getting involved with digital collectibles, specifically the UFC that's behind a paywall that you have to, you know, get bypass in order to see their library eclipse. Do you see that perhaps being more of a valuable property than NBA Top Shot? Because those highlights, I mean, they're, they're not readily available. You can't go on YouTube and see the majority of them. Yeah. And I know a lot of people too have been like, yeah, if, well, if there was the utility that like you own the rights to this clip and then you could, you know, sell, I, I don't think that's ever going to be a reality because they have separate deals, you know, with the TV, with the studios and stuff. So I don't think that's going to be possible. I, I really do think it's just going to be this gradual transformation of it clicking for people. Like you said, it's like, we're all skeptical. Then you get your hands on a pack and you realize like, yeah, I have, you know, little trinkets over here. Like sure. I can't even, if I'm on the road, like I can't show someone, you know, my win packs mug, but I can show someone on my phone, these moments that I own. And I think that's, you know, what we've all come to realize, especially through coronavirus, we, our lives are now online. And it's like in the old ways that people would, you know, uh, you know, flaunt their status or their paintings or whatever. Like now we do that digitally. It's like, Hey, look, I, I invested in this thing. Look at my avatar. It's this crypto punk. And I think it's just this interesting time we're in now where our, all of our collective brains are like reorienting to what ownership, what collecting, um, what that all means. And, and we're now seeing it through a different lens. Um, I wanted to ask you just about some of the negatives of um, NFTs from what I've heard from just friends and, and listeners of, of my podcast. They, re they talked about the damage it does to the environment. And this is something that I've seen minor articles on, but I just I asked our previous guests that are pretty into Top Shot, and they seemed that they weren't quite educated on it or there's a lack of knowledge out there i just wanted to get kind of your opinion on it in terms of have you heard kind of those environmental concerns just about nfts as a whole and should those be taken seriously yeah i think um what you're seeing is kind of the typical kind of hype mania cycle where we have a paradigm shift we have this new technology and these non-fungible tokens in this really unique way to um, ensure um, that this is scarce, that this is reputable, that someone owns it. And yet on the other hand, what happens when new technologies come around, people try to exploit it, people try to push it to the max, and now there's everyone trying to do their own NFT drops. They're like, wait, I can just put these little JPEGs up uh, and start making money? Who wouldn't want to do that? So we're in this really interesting point where there is a bubble and there is a lot of stuff coming out that is... I don't want to say trash, but the question would be, will it hold value in a year? Will it hold value in two years? And so I think everyone needs to be very honest with themselves about what they're buying and why they're buying it. Um, I think that if you are doing it from an investment standpoint, you need to very much 
pick your projects wisely. I think some of the stuff that's going to hold long-term value are like on Top Shot, the series one moments, the first moments of the studs. You know, I have no idea if Bruno Fernando is going to be in the league in a few years, but I know that LeBron James's legacy is cemented. He cannot undo that. And same with some of these other NFT projects. There's tons of artwork coming out now. These crypto punks were the very first um, uh, non-fungible token uh, on the Ethereum blockchain. And so those have a narrative and a story as like the rookie cards of NFTs. I think those are going to hold value long-term. So, But from the other side of it, I think it's fun to get in here, mess around, try it. You know, people have been making some funny NFTs of me and stuff. And you, and I'm, I put them in my wallet just to collect, just to fun, not because I'm going to get rich. And so I think you just need to be really honest with yourself. Am I investing? And if so, I need to think very hard about the long term of this. Or am I just having fun? In which case, knock yourself out. It is fun to collect these things. For sure. Um, you mentioned earlier that you're, you weren't a big um, NBA fan before getting into NBA Top Shot. What have you learned about the league and has it made you a bigger fan of the NBA or are you just focused on the NBA Top Shot? Has it just turned you into a basketball fan overall just getting into this? Yeah, it's um, it's really funny. I was, I was really into the NBA um, probably back in like 2008 to 2012. I was playing fantasy basketball. Uh, you know, my guys now the no dunks. I was listening to them oh, at yeah, the, the yeah. basketball Jones. Like mm-hmm. I, I was really into it. And then I kind of caught the fantasy football bug. And all of my attention has kind of been there the past, you know, probably five or six years. And so this has been kind of a really fun excuse to get back into the NBA. And I'm really enjoying it. That said, I'm so busy these days making content, producing content that my nights, I just don't have that much time to watch a lot of basketball. But in a way, I think that's kind of what's great about NBA Top Shot, right? Like if you're a diehard NBA fan, you can watch the games be like, hey, I think, I think, um, who, who, I can name anyone. I, I think uh, Will Barton, you know, tonight is going to have a good game. Maybe I buy his moment and we see where that goes. You know, there's all kinds of ways. Or you can be like me and I like the more, the strategy. What do I think is going to be worth a lot long term? What moments undervalued relative to the market cap? So you can interact with it in all these different ways. And I think that's ultimately why it's going to be successful. Do you see other sports um, getting involved? I've heard like uh, the NFL flirting with it. Um, Do you see Dapper Labs maybe teaming up with other sports leagues? And if that's the case, um, how do you think that's going to affect the value of NBA Top Shot? Just because I think the NFL does have a a larger following. I think it is the most popular sport um, in this country. So if they have, you know, NFTs, I just couldn't imagine an NFL um, Top Shot. But I know that the NFL is a lot more stricter with their highlights compared to the NBA in which they pretty much let anybody use their highlights on YouTube. So I guess once, you know, Major League Baseball, the NFL, once they get involved, how do you think that's going to affect like NBA Top Shot in terms of the value of those digital collectibles? Do you think they'll just exist in a silo or do you think, you know, other sports getting involved will affect um, basically their own digital collectibles? Yeah, I think it's a really interesting thing. And I think we're actually going to get a good data point coming up here soon because the first major sport since NBA that they've announced is their partnership with the UFC. They're already kind of collecting emails. It seems like they might be close to some kind of beta stuff like within the year. I'm just speculating based on their marketing materials. But the reason I think that's really interesting is because you're going to have one shared Dapper wallet for all of these different platforms. So you'll literally be able to go sell 
um, you know, a Nikola Jokic moment and then go buy a UFC Conor O'Malley moment with that money in, in seconds, you know, because it's all through the same wallet right now. If I want to go buy a crypto punk, well, I got to take my money out of Dapper. I got to convert it. I got to get it to an exchange. Then I got to get it over here. There's hoops. So I think what you're hinting at is right. I do think that there's this, people love rushing to the new thing. And I think we will see people rush to the new thing. We see that within top shot itself when there's a new challenge or a new pack drop. I mean, one of the best days I had on Top Shot, I bought the uh, Luka Doncic, his first moment on the site, and the Zion Williamson, the block, his first. And it was on the first legendary pack drop day since kind of the big wave. And it was $1,000 for the pack drop. And a lot of people were selling really good moments for $1,000 because they said, I want to take that 1000 and get a pack. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm probably not going to get the pack, but I'll use my $1,000 to buy this incredible Zion moment here. And that's just kind of to illustrate that people go to the shiny new thing. And I do think we'll see that as new sports pop up, people might flood into that market. Ultimately, I think we'll see an equilibrium. And ultimately, I think the NBA audience you know, worldwide, I think is going to continue to buoy top shot, but you're right. I mean, the NFL is a monolith. Like when that comes, I love the NFL. Like (laughs) it's been a saving grace for me with NBA that I don't know all these players because I kind of focus on the studs in the super scarce things. When it comes NFL, there's so many random players. I love, I'm going to be like, Nope, I need this. (laughs) I need this just as a fan. Sure. I, I think that's, that's really cool. Um, what things do you think should be added to the NBA Top Shot platform once they get out of beta? Which are any features that you think they should be implemented? Um, what are things that you think are, I guess, not holding the site back, but you wish could be improved upon? You think? Yeah, I think they have lots uh, to improve upon. I mean, they are still, uh, you know, literally on their site in beta. Um, you know, they've, I, I forget what the numbers are at now. I mean, there was a stretch there where they had 100x their user growth in a few weeks. So, Um, they obviously need to continue to figure out how to keep the site up, how to keep the pack drop smooth. They're getting much better at that. I think some of the big things right now would be, they need a way for people to interact with the marketplace that isn't just buyers and sellers. They need a bid system or something like that, where I see, Hey, Justin has this Jamal Murray dunk. Uh, I like his serial number. I can go and place a bid and you get to see that in your inbox and be like, you know what? I don't mind that offer. You know, something like that where it's not just you listing a price and then me uh, coming in and seeing if I want that or not. So I think that would be huge. I think they're still dealing with some bot issues. You know, right now the withdrawals are a huge thing um, because of their KYC issues, because they're accepting customers everywhere. They are very slow on their withdrawals. So they're ramping up that. So a lot of the stuff I think is solvable. And then they kind of have the master big problem that they have to solve, which is how do they continue to encourage people to stay on the platform who aren't just there to flip packs? Um, ultimately, I don't really see the flippers as a problem because once you get that taste, once you open the pack, you get the little notification, you sold something. I don't know about other people, but I like to go and reinvest that money into new moments. So I think they have a ton of stuff working for them. And with how much money they've raised, I mean, they're going to be able to uh, acquire a top-notch team of developers, of support. And so I I do really think they're in a really good spot to kind of solve these current issues. Um, Last question for you, Peter. Are there any tips that you can give to somebody signing up for the site, maybe for the first time, what they should look out for, best strategy, um, kind of any tips for them? Yeah, I think... um, 
I think the big thing is to, I think going after the packs is the best way to kind of just get your feet wet because it's not a huge investment. Um, you know, the base packs are often $9. They've been doing the cool cats challenge. That's $14, just a very simple way. They just did the pre-order pack two day thing where basically anyone who wanted a pack was able to reserve one. Just do that. Get the experience of opening it up. Maybe you keep one, maybe you put one on the marketplace, just get used to how it works. And then have fun going through and looking at these different series, looking at the moments. I mean, one of the fun things is, you know, there's the numerology bros. They like to look at the serial numbers. I saw someone talking about um, Tyrese Halliburton's birthday and they got the serial number that matches his birthday. And now is the market ultimately going to decide that they all value that too? No, but not necessarily, but it's just a really fun way to interact. And then for me, I ended up having fun they just released the badges, um, you know, first moment, rookie moment, if it's your first game, all of those things. My strategy even before the badges was to go and find the first moments of players on the site with the idea being these are going to function like the rookie card. Uh, even though it might be Vince Carter's last play in the NBA, it's his first moment on top shot. Sure. And I think ultimately when we have thousands and hundreds of thousands of moments and tens and twenties of seasons on the platform, that's going to, everyone likes the beginning. Everyone likes the rookie card, the Genesis. And so that was for me, my big target is like, I just want a collection of as many first moments of stud players that I can get. Well, Peter, this has been awesome. Thanks for joining the show. Uh, please let our listeners and viewers know where they can find you on social media and then uh, let everybody know what you're working on and what other podcasts, everything that you're working on this year. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little all over the place as it pertains to a uh, top shot. I do uh, host the club top shot podcast. Uh, that's myself, uh, Jack Settlement, and Peter Jennings. And then we have kind of a rotating stable of guests that come on with us. And I will admit, if you are coming just for Top Shot, we do bounce around. We're doing other NFTs. We're doing horse racing. We're doing decentralized finance. So it's a fun place, though, if you're interested in the kind of growing NFT space. Uh, so that's where I'm at. You can find that on my YouTube channel or uh, search for Club Top Shot on iTunes. Awesome, Peter. Thanks for really joining the show. I appreciate it. Enjoy the chat. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for listening to the show. As always, you can get in touch with the podcast through email with hoopsologypod at gmail.com. Also, we are on all social media platforms. Please leave us a review on iTunes and check out our YouTube channel.